Shalom, and welcome to Via Hafta Yisrael, a Hebrew phrase which means you shall love Israel. We hope you'll stay with us for the next 30 minutes as our teacher, Dr. Baruch, shares his expository teaching from the Bible. Dr. Baruch is the senior lecturer at the Zera Avraham Institute based in Israel. Although all courses are taught in Hebrew at the Institute, Dr. Baruch is pleased to share this weekly address in English. To find out more about our work in Israel, please visit us on the web at loveisrael.org. That's one word, loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson. One of the things that you and I should be praying is that God prepares our mind in order to understand his revelation. And that's simply doing this. Before picking up God's word, ask God to prepare yourself in order to receive his truth and one of the things that will assist you in being prepared is a desire a sincere desire to put into action what god teaches you meaning that you approach the word of god submissively you approach the word of god expecting that there will be something there that you need to hear and implement into your life and be quick to do just that to obey well take out your bible and look with me to the book of psalms and psalm 106 the book of psalms and psalm 106 now we began this psalm last week god willing in this study we're going to complete it and we're going to encounter as we did last week but even more so this week some very negative things about israel and specifically about the people of israel now this is what some people do people read this and they think that this rebelliousness is based upon the fact that they are jewish people this is incorrect what we should learn from this text is this these individuals were rebellious why because they are human beings and it is our natural nature to be disobedient rebellious to doubt to not walk in obedience to god's instructions that is because of that yitzharah what the rabbis would call that evil inclination that's with us the word of god says always the book of genesis chapter 6 and verse 5 and therefore we need to realize that as a new creation in messiah we're called to be different now i would suggest to you that the reason why god says these things is to instruct his people both his old covenant people in the past and today you and me his new covenant people that we have that same tendency as long as we are in this body so instead of being hostile towards the jewish people saying why did they do these things why were they so slow to perceive how god would want them to behave see that as a message to yourself as i see it as a message to myself that we all tend to be stubborn we all tend to be selfish we all tend to be slow in hearing and slow in obeying but quick in doing what 
feels right to us what we desire so one of the things that we should glean from this psalm is that we need to change and there's going to be some clues in this psalm on what a changed life and let me say that differently what a pleasing life to god is all about how we find ourselves in god's will so take out your bible as i said psalm 106 and let's begin where we left off last week in verse 23. now again we see that there had been rebelliousness we saw last week that the people were quick to forget forget the instructions of god forget what god has done for them in the past but nevertheless notice what it says and he said to destroy them that's what was proper because of their quickness to forget their tendency to rebel what do we all deserve we all deserve the judgment of god we all deserve to be destroyed by him but notice there is an interceder and that one who intercedes who is this in this context well notice what it says lule moshe if there was only moses and the implication is there was if it was not for moses and what did he do well moses this chosen one god chose moses to lead and what did he do he interceded for the people he stood in and this word means in the the breach and it's a message of a a separation the way to understand this is we should have went this way but we went that way moses stood in between that's the implication he stood in that breach and what did he do well we see that he stood in the breach before him that is before god for that purpose of interceding and what was the outcome he turned away his anger now this is the word that relates to that which is hot so we're speaking about god's hot anger he returned he turned away god's hot anger and from his destruction meaning god bringing destruction on the people why moses was chosen by god god always makes a wise choice and moses interceded for the people and through moses the people received forgiveness look on to the next verse despite this notice what it says and they and this is a strong word maybe your bible says despised it's a word for loathing something it is something that is repulsive and what is being said here look very carefully they loathed they were repulsed by the land what land well from god's perspective it is a desirable land now the biblical word here is a word where we get the english word to covet and covet is a strong desire for something most of the time not always but most of the time it has a negative connotation if you covet something 
it is an improper desire but in the word of god sometimes coveting is used in a positive way for simply desiring something and in this case it is a good thing the desirable land that god had they were repulsed by it and notice why this was the outcome it says they did not believe his word this is the problem when we reject god's revelation his word it is going to cause us to see god's provision god's will god's ways god's purposes in an incorrect way so when you doubt god be prepared to be deceived god's going to move god's going to provide god's going to bless god's going to do something and because we doubt his word or reject his word what's going to be the outcome that which is good that which is desirable we're going to be repulsed by it we're going to reject it and this is the problem with humanity we see it in israel but as an example for all people so they were repulsed by the desirable that covetous land and they did not believe in his word what happened well then look at verse 25 they murmured or it's a word for complaining so they complained they murmured against against him that's the implication where in their tents so they did so privately they did so not out in public but god knows all things so they murmured and the implication is against him in their tents and they did not listen to the voice of the lord now that word for listening also has a degree of obedience they did not obey his voice the implication is this when you hear if you truly hear under this meaning of that word the shmoa to hear is to respond properly and they did not do that and again when we have the wrong mindset we're going to behave incorrectly in a wrong way read on in the scripture verse 26 therefore what happened it says and he lifted his hand to them and the implication is against them and to to cause them to fall in the wilderness he brought about defeat he brought about this word can also mean to fall in the sense of to die out in the wilderness and it says not only them but also same word lapil to cause to fall their offspring meaning that next generation among the nations and to be scattered in the lands so what happens they had the wrong attitude they did not agree with god because they did not agree with god they were deceived they didn't see things properly and therefore they made foolish decisions and those foolish rebellious decisions brought upon them god's punishment and god scattered them among the nations and he also put them in different locations where they weren't able to be blessed and all of this shows god's compassion and god's justice 
he put them there hoping that this would bring about a change a righteous change that begins with repentance he says in verse 38 what did they do well stubbornness we did not return as we should instead of making the right decisions and seeing god's not pleased god's not blessing we're not receiving his provision what did they do look at verse 28 they attached themselves to baal in peor now we know what happened there they fell into idolatry and it says just that they ate the sacrifices of the dead now there's two ways to understand this this these were sacrifices to the dead meaning the idols idols don't exist they're not alive they can't do anything so this could be one of the explanations why that the term dead dead ones are mentioned here referring to powerless and lifeless idols but also we can understand this is that their actions what they did there did not mediate to them life and i'm talking about an abundant life but they were walking in death meaning they were walking in sin and therefore because of that verse 29 and they angered meaning they angered god that's the implication they angered with what their deeds and obviously these would be deeds that were done in disobedience in in opposition to the will of god and what happens well remember he broke forth against them meaning they began to experience his judgment his punishment broke out among them how well we have the word magefa which is a a pestilence or a plague some type of judgment a physical judgment where people began to immediately suffer and even die off but what happens well god again has his chosen one the one who's been anointed and who are we talking about well we're going to talk about in a moment pinchas or phineas in in some languages but in hebrew pinchas and what did he do well if you look sometime at the book of numbers in chapter 25 we see that israel's doing just that at that location baal peor they're falling into worship and idolatrous worship and remember there was this man and he took a a a woman and they were going to do an unspeakable act unto idolatry and what did pincus do because of zeal that's what god is looking for when god sees you does he see a zealous person for his purposes his word see all too often there are those who stand where i stand and they have that same book in their hand the bible but they do not believe it they are not zealous for it and that is tragedy because this book is the book of life in it we find the mind of god the purposes of god and we need to be zealous we need to be committed to these things but uh, they worked but there was one who was and what happens because of his act what happened 
it was reckoned to him considered to him mediated to him for righteousness for a generation unto generation unto eternity so what god is saying here is that this type of zeal is a kingdom quality and he wants that in every generation because it's going to be the character that that truly uh uh is manifested in the kingdom of god verse 32 and what happens well he goes through more examples of rebelliousness it says here that that they angered him and this is a word which means to bring about and i've shared this with you before it's it's where we get the modern hebrew word for whipped cream so you're having ice cream you put that whipped cream on it and it's kind of frothy and and white and it's it's reminiscent of an animal that gets very very angry and it begins to foam or froth at the mouth because of its anger how intense its anger is and this is the same word that is used for them causing god to be angry in this way as he was where at the waters of meriva this is the word for contention the waters of contention where it says and evil this this behavior at that water place the waters of of contention or as it says here the waters of meriva caused the people to be against moses uh, on account of them evil happened to moses what does that refer to moses was angry and he did something that he ought not do that was not according to the will of god when he struck that rock in the way that he did so now here's the message when we are not obedient it is going to bring about that which is contrary to god's will so god is sovereign and god gives choice never forget that we have real choice everything has not been predetermined here's what some people think because god knows everything yes he does he knows everything therefore if he knows this is going to happen it has to happen no god knows it because he knows all things now we have a real choice but god is above time so it's not uh, predetermined it's not ordained it has to happen god did not ordain it he knows do not confuse ordination ordaining something with foreknowledge they are very very different god can foreknow something but he's not the cause of it we're the cause of it that's what the word of god is teaching so here it simply says in this passage of scripture va and it was evil evil happened to moses why because of their rebelliousness because of their their idolatry so it was against them because of this action that they took against against god and moses was brought into it they were the cause of moses doing something that was not right he 
they angered him, meaning not only God, but also Moses. Look, if you would, to verse 33. For they rebelled against his spirit, and they uttered, they pronounced, they expressed things with their lips. And what was that? Things that they ought not. So I hope you see that there is a downward spiral taking place here. Because of the people's wrong way of thinking, they are behaving incorrectly, they are deceived by the enemy, and the outcome of this is Moses does what he ought not, and the people are expressing things that they ought not, and also they are a rebellious people. Verse 34, but nevertheless, because of this, they did not destroy the peoples meaning the nations that were in the land of canaan which the lord had said to them so they are not destroying the enemy in fact they're participating with the enemy the enemy is influencing them we'll see this in a moment what happens look at verse 35 they mixed with the nations meaning they they began to take part get involved with the same things that the nations were doing they learned meaning the jewish people learn their deeds what were their deeds idolatrous what were their actions those things that were not fulfilling the purposes of god and therefore the people fell into idolatry look at verse 36 and they served their idols and and they became this idolatry these idols became for them for a mokesh what is mokesh well your bible may say a snare and that's fine it's a trap it's going to cause you to be caught in the plans of the enemy but in modern hebrew that word mokesh is a landmine now we're walking along you don't see what's buried you can't see it with your eyes and you're moving and you're going to step on it and it's going to be disastrous and when we are involved in incorrect worship that's one of the definitions of idolatry idolatry is certainly incorrect worship when we are we're not going to perceive the danger that we're headed to we're going to be deceived and we're going to be led by the enemy into making decisions that will be disastrous to us just like stepping into a, a snare or stepping onto a land mine. This is what he's saying. Verse 37. And what did they do? Well, they sacrificed their sons and their daughters to demons. Shadim. Now, here again, many Bibles may translate this differently, but the word shed is a demon. What happened? They began to worship demons. Now, just think of this. God had redeemed them by the blood of the Passover lamb. God brought them out to to change them, to give them that wonderful experience at Mount Sinai, and then equip them with the words and the power to carry out his will. But they rejected that. And when you reject the purposes of God for your life or in general, it is going to put you into a spiritual condition where you will be deceived by the enemy and manipulated by the enemy, positioned by the enemy for your destruction. 
This is the history of the Israelites. And don't we make the same mistakes? That's what he's saying. This is there to teach us to behave differently. Look, if you would, to verse uh, 38. Not only did they sacrifice their children, but they shed clean blood, meaning innocent blood, the blood of their sons and their daughters, whom they sacrifice to the idols of Canaan, and they polluted the land with their blood. So what did they do? And I think there's a direct correlation between this and abortion today. People are murdering their children. Now, people don't want to hear that. They don't want to to say to an individual, whether it's the doctor who's performing this murder or the woman who has been deceived. Now, my heart goes out to her. She may be in, in a difficult situation. She may be encouraged to do this by the father of that child, but let's not make a mistake. Let's be honest. The child has been conceived. That child is alive. There's life in that womb. And abortion is murder. And it's being done in the same way. It's a sacrifice to demons. And there should be harsh penalties for the doctors and the ones who submit themselves to abortion here again people say that's uncompassionate you know what and i've talked to women who have had abortions and many of them greatly regret this and if there were a law against it if there were serious punishment for doing that many of these would not have done it they're law-abiding people and therefore if it was against government policy to to abort your your child they wouldn't have done it but today there's all this encouragement in order to do it so much so that they're even allowing abortion if the child is is born in spite of an attempt to abort that child the child's born anyway they they kill that child who's alive Doctors today in some states don't have to perform any type of life-saving saving action if that child was, was intended to be aborted, but the abortion failed and the child was born. How shameful, how evil. It is indeed a worship of demons when, when people are behaving this way. So the land became polluted, profane, however your Bible's translated that verse 39 they became unclean or defiled or impure however you translate that word tame they became impure in their deeds and they played the harlot this is an image of idolatry with their deeds with their actions and what happened verse 40 and god literally it's the lord yudhe and the Lord became very angry against his people. And he abhorred, this is a word for an abomination, pretty strong word. 
and it's the verbal form he abhorred his inheritance meaning his people and he gave them look at verse 41 and he gave them into the hands of the nations and their their enemies it's literally the ones who hated them ruled over them now it's not going to be a pleasant experience when the one who hates you has absolute authority over your life this is what the word moshel speaks of someone who has power authority over to do what he wants to do and who is that well it says here their enemies verse 42 what did they do well we have the verbal form for the word lachatz what's lachatz anxiety stress it is that which causes you to feel full of pressure and 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 pain and it says look at our verse verse 42 and they afflicted them who their enemies afflicted them and they caused them to submit under their hand now they hated him they hated the people of israel and they abhorred the people of israel and therefore they caused them to submit under their hand meaning the hand of their enemies but what happens look at verse 43. verse 43 shows the long suffering of god that he is indeed gracious and merciful and forgiving what the scripture shows is how wicked humanity is in this case israel's being an example of that but but that wickedness is not unique to them it's it's common among all humanity jew and gentile and that's how we need to understand the scripture and today when we look at the church we see the church is confused the church is compromising and the church is embracing those things that god says he is abhorred with that it's an abomination that it is an attack against his order his standards how he created things and the church is embracing more and more and more we're just simply moving towards what he says is going to happen and that is that last day abomination or i should say apostasy that last day apostasy which is going to happen and has already began look at verse uh, 43 but many times he delivered them but what did they do god was kind god delivered them many times but they rebelled in their counsel even though god was kind gracious and delivering saving them what happened they gave bad counsel that led to rebelliousness and they were brought low in their iniquity now this bringing low when we are obeying god being in the will of god is an upward call why is that there i've said this many times this upward calls gives you a different perspective and be assured hear this carefully you and i need a different perspective than our own we need god's perspective and it's through obedience to his word let's not mince words obedience to his commands when we apply 
to his word, to his commandments, to his law, a spiritual leadership, being led by the Holy Spirit to implement that command in our life. According to the oldness of the letter, no, according to the newness of the Spirit, that we fulfill the purpose why that commandment was given. When we are doing that, it's going to be an upward call, and we're going to see things from God's perspective. We need that. We desperately need that. And it doesn't come in any other way. So look again. Verse 44. God, another illustration of his graciousness. He saw their affliction. That saw the affliction was to them. And what happened? And he heard their cry so god the people are rebellious what god says is good they loathe they are deceived they fall into improper worship but god frequently delivers them and here look carefully at the scripture it says he saw them in inflict in in affliction and and he heard their cry And what did he do? Verse 45. And he remembered his covenant to them. And God, what did he do? And he comforted according to the abundance of his grace. And by the way, grace is in the plural. Now, he was gracious to those who were in that that covenant of grace is the implication here so he was was abundant in his grace among his his covenant peoples the implication verse 46 and he gave to them mercy and mercy is in the plural before all those who were their captors so they had been sold into slavery they had been scattered throughout the nations and what did god do god remembered his covenant he acted and it says here that he gave mercy this abundant mercy and he did so in the midst of the time that they were among their captors verse 47 he saved us who the lord our god saved us and he gathered us up from the nations now he's done that in the past but notice this is not he gathered us from the nation of babylon what's important here is that nation is in the plural he gathered us from the nations and by the way that is an end time promise god's going to do that and i've shared in many messages and at different conferences that we have been at recently that this past year and i'm talking about 2022 jewish people return from the nations more nations than ever has happened 95 different countries we've seen god bringing people back to the land from these 95 different nations it's the most number of nations ever 
that people have immigrated and has made Aliyah and returned back to the land. And that's exactly what God promises to do. Look at verse 47 again. He saved us. Who? The Lord our God. He gathered us from the nations, not the nation of Egypt, not the nation of Babylon, but nation here is in the plural, to give thanks to his holy name. So it's going to be this last day redemption, this returning back to the land that's going to cause the people to give thanks to your holy name. And to, and this is a word, which means to give God glory, to praise God, and to do so with his praise. Meaning this, we praise God according to how he wants to be praised. This is what it means when it says, that we're going to, to honor God, give him glory with his praise the praise that he deserves. Look at our last verse, verse 48. Blessed is the Lord, the God of Israel. And I'll I'll share with you this. There's so many people that when they teach and they're speaking about Israel, they use the word Palestine. These people have a spiritual problem. They, They are not understanding god's purposes and plans palestine comes from a hebrew word which is not good it speaks of rebelliousness it speaks of wanting to thwart being opposition to the will of god and therefore we should never use the term palestine in speaking about the land of promise the land where god's going to return his people to he calls it israel and he reveals himself as the god of israel not the god of palestine you never see that in the word of god why don't we want to use the language of scripture rather than the satanic propaganda of the enemy so it says here blessed is the lord the god of israel now if someone and there are for example I live, of course, in Israel, and there are those who say they are believers, say that they are followers of Israel's Messiah, Yeshua Mashiach, Jesus Christ, but they don't want to say the God of Israel. In fact, some of them, instead of saying the God of Israel, use a name that has nothing to do with the God of Scripture. I'm talking about the term Allah, nothing to do with the God of, of, of the Scripture the father of yeshua so the god of israel blessed is the lord the god of israel from this world until the world that's coming so it can mean eternity we we should bless god forever and ever now in this age and also in the time of coming which is the kingdom and then it says and he said or all the people said all the people said amen and hallelujah we need this word amen it's a term of believing god's word agreeing with god's word and then praising god for his word when was the last time see this is what i think is an important test 
when was the last time in prayer see we make our our request known to god god i need this god i really want this god i'm interceding for that person i love that person i care for that person help that person we understand that nothing wrong with that but when was the last time that we praise the lord for his will god your will is good your will is perfect your will is what i need to agree with and it's because of your purposes your plans that i want to praise you right now that is faith that is agreeing with god that is spiritual maturity so psalm 106 yes we see the frailties and the rebelliousness and the sinfulness of of israel and that sinfulness is also today reflected among the nations and we see it in the church as the church is becoming more and more apostate that said don't be deceived don't be brought into that you stand for truth you agree with god you say amen and hallelujah to the revelation of god's word in doing so you are going to find a different perspective you'll see things differently and that will allow you to act differently meaning obey the word of god well i'll close with that until next week shalom from israel well we hope you will benefit from today's message and share it with others please plan to join us each week at this time and on this channel for our broadcast of loveisrael.org Again, to find out more about us, please visit our website, loveisrael.org. There you will find articles and numerous other lectures by Baruch. These teachings are in video form. You may download them or watch them in streaming video. Until next week, may the Lord bless you in our Messiah Yeshua, that is, Jesus, as you walk with Him. Shalom from Israel. Shalom from Israel.